Congratulations, you found it. This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are Three Book Girls. Welcome to another beautiful week here on Three Book Girls. How are you guys this evening? Doing okay. I I called you guys, but you're really girls. Gals. How are us gals? How are (laughs) (laughs) y'all? Are you that vampire from Tulsa? (laughs) No. (laughs) That one with the country accent? Shoot. Well, I have a present for Nicole today. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I know she's a huge Harry Potter fan. And so here's your little present. What is this? Read it out loud. Books turn muggles into wizards. And it's a, it's a necklace. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of you immediately when I saw that. Because what you told me was that Harry Potter was really the kind of book that got you started into reading again. Yeah. It's really not an expensive gift. I just thought it was cute. Thank you, Martha. You're welcome. <laughs> I just wanted to start the start the day off with a present. <laughs> I like presents. It's like Christmas early. Oh, just a little bit. <clears throat> and besides, I, I bought the, uh, the uh, Harry Potter Cursed, oh, cursed church. Child. Churched, cursed child. Cursed child. The new one. Yes. Did you read that yet? No, I just bought it. Okay. I um, We went to the store before we came? Yes, because I had to buy this other um, book that my friend Pat, who lives in Wyoming, and is hopefully going to do a Skype um, interview with us one of these days. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. She suggested to me that I read Ahab's Wife. And she had actually suggested this to me several times, and I kept waiting for the library to get it on audio. Well, they still haven't done it, so I finally used my Audible credits and went to Audible to buy this. And they have only an abridged copy. I think it should be illegal to abridge books in this day and age. I don't understand why you would blaspheme in that way. Yeah. Maybe she should explain what abridged is. Abridged means... It's like it's like the movie version of the book. Well, they shorten it for the oh, audio. That's weird. I don't understand why they would do that. Because I know that that's a play, technically. No, oh wait, not oh not that one. one. No, okay, okay. Ahab's wife. Oh, so okay. and it's I when I got it from the bookstore, it's not really that long. It's like six hundred some odd pages. I don't remember what that one is about, but I've heard somebody talking about it. And I heard it was actually really good. Well, I've heard about how beautifully written it was. And I'm like, dude, really? You're going to give me an abridged copy of a beautifully written mm-hmm. book? What is the point of that? Yeah. I'm, I wonder if how often it it's because uh, students are assigned to read it in school. And then so they'll... Oh. That's how they're going to make their money is give them abridged versions. <laughs> yeah. Because I know that there's some when you go onto the website for the library... To download books, there's some that's the regular audiobook, and then some that's the abridged. And see, I've never noticed abridged. I've seen the dramatized 
Sam. which is a totally different char- uh, different category. Right. That's One. like um, like uh, a lot of times the Doctor Who books or some of these other ones that are done on the BBC, mm-hmm. and then they just play the recordings as the audiobook. Right, which I actually don't like the ones like that. Yeah, I don't really care for it either, but yeah. that's because I would rather read the book yeah. than watch the movie, and that's what an abridged version of a book is. It's You take out half the good stuff, unless, of course, the book stinks in, in the beginning. But mm. Well, see, when I was looking up um, Great Gatsby, yeah. we were talking about banned books and everything, mm-hmm. and um, there were both versions, and that's one of the reasons why I said maybe you should tell oh. people what that means because I did not know what that means. Okay. Which Meant. is really weird because Great Gatsby is tiny. It is tiny. Well, we know why. There's there's an abridged version of that one and that's because they make all the school kids read that. They do. And it was just a movie not too long ago. What, yeah. A few years ago? Yeah. 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 I lo- loved the movie. Did you? I haven't watched it. I love the, the costumes. Great I, oh, costumes. Oh yeah, the costumes. Yeah. Just like the scenery. I don't know. I have it. I If I can find it, I'll let you borrow it. It's awesome. just, it's so, I don't know. You, when you think about the Great Gatsby and the time period and like all the partying and yep. like they just did such a great job with the movie. The Roaring Twenties really came alive for yeah. that one. I know mm. a lot of people don't like it, but I just love like the video, the videography of it yeah. and like everything. Their special effects, all that stuff. Huh. Well, you know, I like that time period. I mm-hmm. like to read books from. From the Twenties? From back then. From, yeah. you know. Any kind of historical thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know how I am. Yeah. So, who's going to start us off this week with their book adventures? Well, I could start since we talked a little bit about Harry Potter and how that got Nicole to reading again, because one of the books I read this week was kind of the same thing, which it's a Stephanie Myers book. It's kind of a guilty pleasure, and it's called <laughs> The Host, and it's about an alien invasion. But the book actually takes place like after the alien invasion starts. And it's the aliens like take over the humans' bodies. They're parasites, basically. They need the bodies to be able to survive on the planet. Mm-hmm. And there's pockets of rebel humans and um, living underground. Right. Sort of. They live in caves, in volcanic caves, at least the one pocket of humans that it talks about. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the aliens, which is called the Wanderer. She goes into the body of a girl named Melanie, but Melanie doesn't go away. So she hears Melanie in her head all the time. And finally, Melanie convinces the alien to go find the humans. Yeah. Because her brother and her uncle and everybody is, you know, with this. So Melanie's like bleeding through. Her personality is trying to overcome the alien. Right. Which usually when the alien goes into the body, the human disappears. Like the alien doesn't have any problem. And they're peaceful aliens. They are not mean or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Very, very peaceful. Oh, I can't say creatures. Creatures. That's a good word. But and so it's about this alien, you know, going to find these humans and the humans, of course, see her as a threat because she's an alien and the aliens are bad. They're the ones taking over and killing all of the humans. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you know, there's some violence because... Now, is there a way that you can differentiate um, 
when a person has been possessed by this whatever it is? Can you tell by looking at them? Or? You can tell by their eyes. Their eyes are silver. Uh, oh. So usually how they tell is they, they shine a flashlight or something in your eyes. And if it reflects back silver, then oh. it's an alien. Oh. That's interesting. So it's kind of about that. Now, she wrote Twilight. So do you get a lot of the the touchy-feely romantic stuff going on with this one, too? It is a too? little bit touchy-feely romantic, which... <laughs> not that there's not... anything wrong with that. No, and... Well, that's Because everybody needs things... a little romance in their life sometimes, <laughs> except me, maybe, but... <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't really care for that particular... I didn't read it for that part of the book, and also... Um, Don't roll the, your eyes. People can't see it. Well, the alien is kind of <laughs> like um, plays the victim a lot in it, oh. which, you know, I don't like that either. Yeah. But what I like is the interaction between the alien and the human and how they eventually come to understand each other mm-hmm. and change their way of thinking. Hmm. That's of interesting. What, and so some tolerance, tolerance message, yes. possibly. How's her uh, writing compared to Twilight? It's about the same. Is Which, it? you know, I liked the Twilight books. Stop apologizing. I, I will try not to be so judgmental in the future, I promise. I'm well, not, I, j- judgmental about it. I, like that's, No, it's me. She's looking at me when she says <clears throat> oh, <okay>. that. <laughs> the Twilight books, I just didn't enjoy the writing. But I also, I mean, I've read like psychological papers on why people do love the like all of the books. Um, so it's. I'm always interested to hear. Well, what did they say, like, the Um, reason? The main one that I remember was, if you think about her characters in there, she describes them very, um, like, without much detail. So I uh, thought they were detailed. Long, dark hair, uh, young, pale skin, clumsy. Yep. What did she just describe? Half of... Exactly. 16-year-olds in the United States of America. Right. And what mm-hmm. that does is it allows, in, in some ways, it's a very wise way to write. Mm-hmm. If you look at it from the standpoint of each person can take ownership of the character because they create what the character looks like more so than when you have a very specific, detailed description. However... And they identify with it. So yes. as a 16-year-old, if I had read that book, um, I, I could have immersed myself in it. I could have been, become a obsessed with it essentially just because because the I character like looks that. like me or looks like my it's friend clumsy like i am right. has the same thoughts and fe- you know so that's kind of what they said um and yeah. they do it with it wasn't just bella it, it was was all of the characters yeah huh. well see i thought that she she set the scene really well yeah i thought that you know i could really picture it in my head and I liked that she went into details of what everyone was thinking. Mm-hmm. And now I read the Twilight books before they were popular, and yeah. before the movies and all of that, because I had a friend at the place that I worked at, which had read them, and she loved them. And she kept telling me, you need to read them, you need to read them, you need to read them. And at the time, you know, I'm single parent, I work 45 hours a week, my son was in basketball, soccer, and Boy Scouts at the time, I just did not have time to sit down and, and yeah, and read, which I, 
Yeah, because you know I was, that time. I was on her all the time. I'm like, don't you read? Oh, my gosh. How can you not read? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't so know then why. she starts reading. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're reading that? <laughs> Which you never said that to me. No, so I never thank did. thank you very much for not I judging me. I never did. But never like did. you said that Harry Potter's, this kind of got me back into In, reading. Back into reading. So what they, it does, I think, is it creates that love. Right. It rekindles. Yes. It makes me... It made me remember why I loved to read. Mm-hmm. And there and, were some parts of the book I really liked. Um, is it in Washington or is it Oregon? Yes, Washington. Washington. Yeah. So, it, like, the way she talks about the scenery and, like, the town and, like... In the rain. Yeah, she was really mm-hmm. good at that. It was just, I think that something about the characters in the, in the whole book just kind of, like, struck a nerve. I still haven't figured out. But there's certain parts... Like, I'll even go watch the movies... I read all of the books. Well, see, it's I just thought like, that hey. the, the characters in the movies were extremely, um, they were only puddle deep. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were, there was much more depth in them. Oh, yeah, in, in, the, in books. the books. Oh, yeah. But it, this, those are kind of the books that you have to take at face value. You mm-hmm. can't read too much into them because, yeah, you know, they don't use symbolism or anything like that. It's just a story. Well, and think about how many people read those books right a lot a lot of people who don't usually read read those books that's what makes books and series like harry potter Mm -hmm. and um and twilight and maybe some of the other series that really ignite a spark Mm -hmm. in people that really kind of need that spark right to get them back into the reading world and to use their imaginations and in this day and age of so much technology it's overwhelming us with every turn Right. And plus, if if you're not a reader, if you have never been a reader, it's hard to start out with, you know, like the Goldfinch or something really super deep and in depth that Mm -hmm. you're going to have a hard time finishing that book. It's going to take you a long time. You're going to get frustrated and it's going to be a bad experience and you're not going to read. Yeah. So if you start with a book that is just a face value book. And I'm not saying anything bad about these books because I liked them. And that's why I said guilty pleasure. Yeah. I liked them. Everybody has them. It's like a chick yep. flick. Don't like to say that I like chick <laughs> flicks, but every once in a while you just have to watch one. But. Oh, you guys are always looking at me. You're like. Because you're the most cynical. I can't <laughs> help it. You're like, you're watching what? Oh, man. I know. I am kind of I mean, a judgmental biatch sometimes. <laughs> A BBB special. I, I, I love I Doctor know. Who. Come on now. I can do a cheesy sci-fi flick with the best of them. So if you rated uh, the host on a scale of one to five, what would you give it? I would probably only give it a four just because of the the fact that she's always a victim and like people carry her around and like crap like that. That's just kind of ridiculous. Again, she's rolling stupid. her eyes. You really have to have the visual on but, it. <laughs> but... I think she does a really good job at setting the scene and setting the mood mm-hmm. that everybody is in. And for that, I have to give, you know, kudos for that. So I would say a four. Awesome. And then other than that, I read a couple autobiographies. I read Bossy Pants. Yay! Because that came in. It was awesome. <laughs> Loved it. And then because Tina Fey and um, Amy Poehler do a lot of stuff together, I read Amy Poehler's That's Yes, please. Oh. Which now, is, I have not read that one. It's actually just as good. It's really funny, 
to read them back to back because you can really tell they're different personalities. They're both very funny people. Mm-hmm. But Amy Poehler is more, I don't know, in your face. She's more New York, <laughs> where Tina Fey is funny, but she's more passive. She's a little, she's a little shy. Mm-hmm. She's a little, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, but I loved them. But I well, like. See, now I need to get on the list for that because I really. Um, the only nonfiction I really love, love, love uh-huh. is stuff like that. Yeah. Which. The funny stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was pretty funny. And actually, a little bit. I didn't. Some stuff that surprised me about oh. her personality. Oh, well, that's good. So. Some surprises but, are a good thing. Right. I enjoyed it. It's quick, easy read. Something, you know, so while you're waiting. There's two autobiographies for you there. Bossy Pants by Tina Fey and Yes, Please? It's called Yes, Please by yes, Amy Poehler. Right. All right. And mine is... Yours is nonfiction too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll go from Guilty Pleasures to Nicole. Sure. Uh, okay, so I'm going to talk about... Uh, it's called Work Rules and then Insights from Inside Google that will transform how you live and lead. Hmm. Um, it's by an uh, Laszlo Bach, who previously has worked for Google. Bach, B-O-K, or Bach? B-O-C-K. Oh, okay. Bach. And this is like a self-help book? Kind of. Um, and it's focused around uh, HR methods and working. So it's really interesting. It sounds really nerdy. But I took a bunch of uh, <laughs> PR classes and marketing classes. And I don't know. Um, I think really... You don't have to be interested in any of that to read this. Um, everybody has a job. Everybody deals with HR a little bit. Um, right. Learning to just deal with people in your everyday working life is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. And everybody thinks Google is awesome. Oh, yeah. And, and after having read that one book, Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour book bookstore, mm-hmm. one of the characters in that worked at Google. Well, so you saw a lot of the culture and everything like that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's interesting. And so the word culture in this book is huge because they're talking about the culture of their workplace. And HR isn't just handing you your pay stubs and telling you to have a good day. But when you go to their uh, campuses, they have... Um, like once a week, uh, you drop your dry cleaning off and they pay somebody to come pick it up, dry clean it and bring it back to you. Oh. Or uh, they'll have like, if somebody needs their haircut, they'll have somebody come in like once a month or something and wow. cut everyone. Every, like, I mean, you're still paying for it. Um, right. But it's usually A, at a discounted rate because they're doing so many at once. And B, they're coming to your workplace, so you don't have to spend time going to do it. Right. And it talks about just... Sounds um, like a, that sounds like a guy thing, though. Well, it's... The haircut. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Women There's, are particular about their hairdressers. <laughs> they don't just want an assembly line haircut. That's true. I <laughs> might just be speaking for myself <laughs> on that, but... Well, I'm, it's not so much that as I don't like to... When you cut your hair and you have the... The clippings all over oh, you. Yeah. It makes me too itchy. I have to Only go home and take a shower <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, I have yeah. to go home and take a shower because I can't stand it. But, but there's just, it focuses on, um, I mean, the, he even throws in studies uh, that Google has done on its own employees and their production rate and their happiness levels and all of this stuff and how they make it so that people enjoy where they work, where they truly not just love their job, but love like love 
their job. You so know? here's a question for you. After reading that, did you feel more dissatisfied with the place you currently work? Um, I don't know. Cause <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking that. I was thinking after hearing about all this awesome stuff. Not that we work in a bad place because we don't. We no, have we, great jobs. Oh, yeah. We have an awesome workplace, but it's a lot different because if you think about we have, what, 100 people who work in our office and they have thousands of people yeah. that work in their offices. And so it, it's, so it's more like a, you, can, you can really apply the word culture when you have a group of that size. Yes. And right. we like, because I know culture and where we like that, I don't want to say our company name right now just because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but like where our company that we're working for right this second the culture is a big thing and they're trying to it improve is. culture yeah. and our uh, new CEO is very focused on it and I think it's a great thing. It is I and it, it actually is, right? has changed the way I feel about coming to work. Yeah. And really from a year ago things are not really that different but it's no. the feeling that you get mm-hmm. that they actually care about what you think and yeah. the idea that you're all working together instead of coming in on your own, doing your own thing and then leaving, it actually feels more like a family and more like you want to come here. Well, you enjoy going to work. Right. When you like your job and you feel like your job understands you and it's a good place to work, Mm -hmm. it makes you want to get up and go to work every day. Because would you, what do you think about um, recommending this book to people? Do you think it would help them um, pass along these techniques at all or kind of I think well I think it gives everyone a greater understanding of what HR people do on a daily basis it's really oh, okay. not handing you your paycheck and telling you to go about your day it's or uh, writing you up there's so much more to the job and to making their employees happy um, and I think there's a line right there that a lot of people who currently work in HR don't realize that they think their job is health insurance and payroll, you know, so right. um, I, don't, I, I feel like I would recommend this because I think everybody should have a greater understanding of how, because one day you could be in management, you know, like mm-hmm. it just gives you ideas and lets you know things. And it's not even just about HR. There's other aspects in how to improve everything from like, this company software to make sure that um, they do like everybody's able to use it or I mean they it talks about um, people rating each other so like uh, because we don't get you know no one comes and tells us how good we do our job no but that's normal at other workplaces apparently and so uh, but (laughs) Google (laughs) yeah so it just uh and he goes into great detail about how they do that. Um, well, that's kind of interesting, though, because then it gives you an insight into how you would go about. I like the idea of improving every day. Mm-hmm. But how can you improve if you never find out how to do that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I mean, that's really interesting to me. I think that it might be a book that could benefit anybody who works. Right. Both yeah. sides. I mean, employees so that they understand what HR people do and HR so that they understand how to make their employees want to come to work every day. Mm-hmm. So what would your rating of this book be? I would actually give it a five. And let me just remind you guys, this was assigned to me as required class reading. And you still wanted to talk about it. Yes, I st- uh, and this was like a while ago, but 
you know, they give you, like, you have to read chapter six by this date. And Mm -hmm. by that date, I was completely done. Like, this is actually a really good book. It's not hard to read. It's not difficult. There are a lot of facts in it, Mm -hmm. but it's fun. And, like, it's just so interesting that you're going to get through it. And um, the guy's pretty funny. He throws in some jokes. That always helps. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's not not too technical. Oh, no. And what's the name of it again? It's really long, but it's uh, work rules, like work rules, <laughs> like the exciting work rules. I don't know, because uh, not like the rules for rules. Work. And then insights from Inside Google that will transform how you live and lead. And it's by Laszlo Bach. Martha, what did you read? I read, well, you know, last week I, I had said that I had two books that I was going to review. One of which is Razor Girl by Carl Hyacin. Mm-hmm. Love this man. He is so hilarious. Irreverent, funny, um, bizarre. Picture this, okay? Picture this guy's driving down the road and he gets hit from behind by this girl, okay? And he gets out of the car and he goes back to speak to her and she's got her dress up and she's got shaving cream all over her Oh, so lady bits and she's got a razor in her hand and she's got a place where she's actually nicked herself and she it's like what are, you, are you really shaving yourself while you drive getting ready for a hot date oh my and that's what she says well i was on my way to see my sweetheart <laughs> and that's the beginning of the book carl never disappoints when it comes to just being plain hilarious. He is a guilty pleasure for me. Is he? <laughs> oh my gosh. Every time he writes something new, I'm like, I'm there. <gasps> some of them, some of the books previously he's written have been a little bit, I don't know, a little too weird. Like, uh, what was that one that I had you read with the monkey on it? Oh, Bad Monkey? Bad Monkey. That one was kind of it out there. It had good parts. Yeah. And I did this finish one, reading it, yeah. but yeah. This one is really has a lot of fun things about it. It's it's a very humorous book. And if you like humorous books and you're not easily offended, then this is a good book to read. And it is on the it's only in, available in hardback right now. Oh. And the one I said I was gonna talk about, the other one, uh, was called The Mad Woman Upstairs by Catherine Lowell. And that's the one I was gonna talk about. It was good. I, I would give it a four out of five. Yeah. But it didn't make me want to scream and shout. <laughs> so it was awesome. It was about she was a relative of the Bronte sisters. Mm-hmm. So if you like um, historical connections and stuff, it was really kind of a fun thing. There was a lot of the romance and stuff like that in it, though. Uh, oh yeah, uh, that's why you didn't want to jump. <laughs> well, chat. you know, she kind of had a thing for her professor, and you know, there, so there was a little <laughs> bit of longing and that sort of thing going on there, which not, not nothing wrong with that, but. Not my normal thing. But the one that I read this week was so compelling that I wanted to talk about that one instead. And it's called The Book of Speculation. And I had initially started to read it the same week that I was reading The Night Circus. And I stopped reading it because I was already reading a circus book. Mm-hmm. And it had circus overtones. I mean, it was all about the circus family. So I totally... Blech, you know, put it down, ignored it. Then I ran out of stuff to read. So I was like, okay, I'll go back. Mm-hmm. And it's the book of speculation is by Erica Swiler. Mm-hmm. And I loved it for a couple of reasons. The biggest of which 
is that it had such a mystery about it. And you know, I love a good mystery. This guy, he's a librarian and he gets this book in the mail. Mm -hmm. And it's from this random bookseller guy who says that he found it in an estate auction and he found this guy's grandmother's name in it because he did a little research and then he said, well, I can't really do anything with it. Here, you have it. Mm-hmm. Thought you might be any, interested. It's not valuable, but... Right. So there are all of these connections to his family in it. It's a book that is like um, a log book of a circus. I think it's... Or his grandmother's name is in the book, or his great-grandmother's name is in the book. And so it's one of those books where it goes back and forth in time periods, where you have the 1843 or whatever it is, circus time, where you have your characters that they're talking about there, and then you have your set of characters that are in the present finding out about the past Mm -hmm. and what they're doing. And it it did a really good job of keeping the thread between the two there and interesting, and you were always wondering, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Because his mother drowned herself and then he finds out in the book that or he finds out by doing research that not only did his mother drown herself but her mother drowned herself on the same day and her mother drowned herself on the same day so So then he starts to freak out about his sister because he has a sister so you have that it's the mystery oh my gosh where did the book come from where's the tie What's going to happen? So, and it's got that tarot card kind of creepy thing going on through the whole thing. Like, what's up with this day that every female in the family... It's one of those things that just sends the chills up your spine (laughs) and you're like... Because the the ladies, they're mermaids. They played mermaids and they hold their breath for a really long time, like up to 10 minutes. If you can imagine holding your breath for 10 minutes. Wow. And both of these present day characters can do it because their mother taught them how. Mm -hmm. So the fact that these mermaids drowned is another, you know, layer of interest. Mm -hmm. I liked I like the mixture of the historical connection where you got to learn about the circus life a little bit through the eyes of those characters, plus all of the internal angst of these modern day characters who there's all kinds of personal tragedy. The, the, the biggest thing is the whole theme of family and the depth of family and the way it affects you. Just really, it was such a, it was beautifully written as well mm-hmm. and very enjoyable. I could not stop. As a matter of fact, and do not tell my husband this, but he had this movie last night. It was one of those uh, blah, blah, Captain America, blah, blah, blah. one <laughs> no, of those, okay? Superhero, superhero yes. movie. <laughs> and he had it on like ear bleedingly loud because they like to watch him really loud. And he, yeah. he and my son were sitting there watching it and he's, they were wanting me to watch it too. I sat through the whole movie with that book in my ear, <laughs> listening to that book. I couldn't stop. I kept trying to shut it off, but I couldn't because it was so good. And I was just so excited to see what was going to happen. And I couldn't, oh, it was terrible. It was like torture because I had to sit there while they're watching this movie and participate in the family. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've done that before. But it was really, I really, really loved it. 
It's going to go on my list of favorite books because of the combination, I guess, of the way that they dealt with everything, the whole atmosphere of the circus in the olden days, mm-hmm. and the intrigue of the book that gets mailed, and the whole depth of family connections. Yeah, it sounds like it had a little bit of everything. It really it? did. little historical fiction. It did. A look into circuit the behind the scenes circuit li- circus life. Yep, and, and it was called the Book of Speculation by Erica Swiler, and I did of course read the audio. So listen to the audio. Yeah. See, I call it read the audio, but <laughs> <laughs> listened to the audio. The person that did the audio was also easy to listen to, and I think that helps as well. Yes, I know we we had a discussion with somebody the other day about the audio, which. If you even if it's a really good book, if you have somebody annoying reading the yeah. audio, yeah, doing we, the audio, then you don't like the book. Yeah, we talked about that when I was trying to read the uh, uh, absolutely true story of a part-time Indian, right? And I couldn't because the guy reading it, I think it was the author, just I couldn't do the style of his reading. His yeah yeah, I've come across books like that. So do you want to talk about what we're going to read next week or? Well, I think we may have a guest on our show next week. Oh. Uh, who's going to... I think Heather from the Joey and Heather Morning Show is going to join us. Oh, she's okay. a big reader. And she actually read a book that I also read. Um, so she's going to join us next Friday for the podcast and tell us a little bit about that. And she's she's actually read a lot. Of course, she works really early in the morning, and I don't know how many times we'll be able to get her in here, but we'll try. <laughs> so it'll be nice to have a... Have another point of view. Have a new view. Yeah. Um, and as for me, I ran out of books to read, and I am back on one of my favorites, which, of course, is a guilty pleasure for me, uh-huh. Christopher Moore and A Dirty Job, which I absolutely love. Oh, it I is love the darkest book. of dark comedies, the rudest of the rude, and absolutely one of my favorites. Yes, <laughs> that was a good book. Because I love dark comedy. The darker, the blacker, the better. Um, Christopher Moore is good for that. He now, is. He is. He is absolutely unapologetically rude. Yes, and there's some of his that I've read that have just been a little too much. Too out yes, there. yes. And I have I put down a couple of his, going, "Whoa, really?" Yeah, but I've read a lot of his. Yeah, he's good. I started reading Stephen King, the Bag of Bones. Yes, and I'm like a fifth of the way through it. So waiting for where the story is going to start. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kind of. Okay. Um, so so kind of. So it's a slow burn for you. I guess. I feel. I don't know. It's. Uh, I'm at the point where he's like talking about nightmares, and it's like, okay, I get that. There's probably a backstory to you know, like this is the yeah, setup, it, the it, scene, and everything. Of his books, but that is so probably slow. one of the slower burns. Uh, have you had the adventure with the refrigerator magnets yet? No. Okay. Hmm. You still have some good stuff on the way. Yeah. So I'm working on it. Hopefully you'll be able to get through it and hopefully I wasn't wrong in steering you in that direction. Oh, no, I'm going to, I think, because his, I really, I really like his writing right now. Um, It's just, uh, just like the story. I just got to push through until it gets, yeah, gets first, to the suspense. As I re- seem to recall that that first part of the story was a little bit slow. Yeah. So, and another thing is, because I actually bought it on a, like a, a book, because I bought it from a used bookstore and so... I, lately, I've been reading Kindle books, which I can take with me 
everywhere. Right. And now otherwise, people are going to notice if you're reading a physical book instead yes. of looking at your phone. Yep. Yeah. Because I, I would take my phone, like if I'm downstairs, right. I would have like be reading on my phone. If I'm sitting in my office and need to take a five minute break, I'm reading on my phone or like... <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, you just take your phone everywhere. Right. If I'm waiting for somebody at Walmart or whatever, you know, I'm just... Right. It's harder to carry a book around and not be very, very obvious about it. Not that I yeah. usually care about being obvious, but... Well, I'm just... Actually, I'm just more afraid that I'm going to bend up the book too much. <gasps> like, if I throw it in my purse or something, I'm afraid it's going to get... That's why you buy the paperback. I know, but especially if I borrow a book from somebody, I don't want to yeah. smush it all up. And You're right. I am a little bit... Particular and protective about books. Well, this one I bought for like, um, it was like a dollar. No, I, that's what I thought it was going to cost. Oh, and this is like, looks like it's smoke stained. There's oh, like, the, it's so you got a good deal on it. It then. was like seven dollars or something. But I, I was going to be like, oh, never mind. But I'm, you know, at this small bookstore in the middle of nowhere. And you so don't want to say. Oh, I was what? just like, hey, whatever. <laughs> And they only accepted cash, too, so I only had a 20, and I bought three books, and it cost me about $18, and all of them are, like, very, very used, but mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. I'm not complaining. I was just surprised. I was expecting all of the used books to be, like, a dollar or something like that. And they were uh, way more? They were, like, $7 or... But yeah, it just depends on which used bookstore you go into. Yeah. Usually, like a library book sale or something like that, they're always really cheap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But well, on Amazon, you can buy, if you go to the used book section, yep. a lot of times you can find them for a penny, and yeah. then you just pay $2 shipping or yep. whatever. Yeah, there there is a big selection of stuff like that mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. But if it's a small town, they might not get the business that... Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. why I'm saying I'm not, I'm not complaining about the store. I just, I was just kind of shocked yeah. that it was But that it was a really cool store. They have... Especially for being in the middle of nowhere, they had so many books. So it's not even funny. that's awesome, yeah. <laughs> which is which is good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with helping keep a place like that open in business. Mm-hmm. So we're headed into gosh, we're almost to the end of September. The next time we do our podcast, it'll almost be the end of September. Wow, yeah. this mm-hmm. year's going by entirely too fast. It is, and then we're going to have to start reading um, spooky and scary books. Yes, we need to get some. We'll Halloween get those lined up out. for the month of October. I kind of want to read just something that's very like autumn, fall. Oh yeah, it doesn't have to be scary. I suppose it can be autumnish. I mean, I like scary too. I'll probably read fallish. Both. You know, I'm sort of in that mood now that American Horror Stories started again, and they're gonna The Walking Dead will be back in October, <laughs> and Blair Witch is coming out with a new one. Ugh, I hate Blair Witch. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm 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 a bit of a I kind of enjoy that genre a little bit. Well, I mean, it wasn't that. It's just I didn't think that the movie was scary at all. Well, yeah. It it was a, yeah. We won't even go into that. That's a whole other issue. But nothing wrong with anyone else who loved the movie. Just We need to go back and we need to rename all the books we just talked about today at the ending. Okay. So. So we started off the the podcast today with Vonnie um, talking about Stephanie Myers and the host a little bit about Twilight and then Amy Poehler and yes please and then Tammy Faye and Bossy Tina Faye oh. Tina Faye and Bossy <laughs> Pants <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny 
I'm bad with names. <laughs> I am too. Don't worry about that. And then that. we <laughs> transitioned into Nicole. And I talked about work rules uh, by Laszlo Bach. And I talked about the Carl Hyacinth's Razor Girl and the Book of Speculation by Erica Swiler with a tiny little mention of the Mad Woman Upstairs, which, <laughs> and thus another book week ends for three book girls and three of the most awesome girls on the freaking planet. And we want to hear from you. We love feedback and would definitely like to hear yours on our Facebook page, Three Book Girls. Even if it's negative, we always can use some constructive <laughs> criticism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're going to be a troll about it, though, you can kiss my shiny metal ass. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> well, well, that's a little snarky. <laughs> well, I had to put some snark in there. Don't, don't people like snark? I, I like mean, it. Don't be mean. That's I not mean. That's well, Futurama. No, I meant like, you know, <laughs> comment wise. <laughs> we take constructive criticism very well, guys. Yeah, we do. I know. was just teasing. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Don't worry. If she's snarky in her comments back, I'll, we can always delete those. <laughs> and they will, too. <laughs> Delete them and say, Martha. It's two against one here, people. They pick on me. <laughs> Gosh. I can't catch a break over here. <laughs> you know you love it. Uh, and it's three book girls.